From creation to the flood to the patriarchs to Egypt, join me, Pastor Hook, as we go through Genesis, the backstory to the beginning. Um, welcome. We, we get, all right, so um, today we're going to talk about Genesis 17, which is the covenant with Abraham. And God, you know, uh, God tells Abraham to seal this covenant by um, circumcising himself. And this is not something that uh, I would not want to do this. Um, most people get circumcised, you know, when they're eight years, eight days old, which is, or, you know, or maybe when they're still in the hospital. Um, that is a great time when you are a little kid and can't remember it because there are just some things that, you know, you don't want to do when you're older in life. And um, that's really kind of one of them. So uh, just want to point that out that, uh, you know, I think God could have picked up different way you know as a sign for that covenant as a seal for that covenant but god has a big sense of humor ha 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 and uh i think that's uh that's just the i don't know why he did that one i really don't but um so we're going to talk about that today but i i is until we're going to leave hagar hagar now has bore uh, abraham a son so abraham now has a son he kind of took matters into his own hands uh, but now he has a son, and so he can have an inheritance. We looked at this, that the you know the slave law, and even though he had the the child with Hagar, who was a slave, he is now Abram's son, and so he has, I believe, all rights and privileges of being a son of Abraham, and so he can actually be a descendant who now takes Abram's wealth, and. Uh, when Abram dies and, and carries the family name forward. So all that's kind of taken care of. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't fulfill God's promise because the promise was Abraham and Sarai, but it, it gets close, right? Um, but I wanted to just talk a little bit about, you know, if you've got, uh, if you are a great person uh, and you have, and, you're, and your name is going to be great, you, you, there's two things that you have to have happen in your in your world. The first is that you have to do great things. And we can tell that Abram did great things. Actually, I don't know if I've talked about this, but the name Abram, Av, uh, or Ab in, uh, in Hebrew is father, and Rum in Hebrew means a great one. So a, father, a great father um, is what Abram, Abram is. And so uh, he is a great father. And so if you're a great father and your name is Abram and you don't have any children, that's kind of an oxymoron, right? That doesn't work very well. Um, but you need, to have, you need to have children and you need to have, do great things. You have to have wealth to pass along. Otherwise, you'll never be a great nation. And, um, and the second part of that equation, doing something great, uh, you have to do that. But then you have to have people that remember your greatness. Um, and I believe we've talked about this too, that over half of the world's population is a follower of the Abrahamic religion. So half of the world, in some respect, uh, respects and reveres Abram. Um, and you need that. You need to, ha in order for him to be, a, you know, for God to fulfill his promise, it wasn't just enough that he had children and it wasn't just enough that he had wealth. It, it's, that, it's that he would be remembered all throughout the history of mankind since he was born, and he's done that. And and now that we're in the, I mean, he will always be remembered 
uh, unless, of course, they take down, um, you know, his statues. I mean, Abram, as we see here, he did have a slave named Hagar. Uh, and so it may be that future generations uh, may be very upset that Abram uh, had a slave. And so they want to remove all the Abrahamic religions from the face of the earth. Um, that is, a, I guess, a possibility. Um, hadn't really thought about that before. Um, you know, it's interesting. Um, do I want to get into that? Well, maybe a little bit. Um, so uh, I know that they're going in, and uh, there are certain organizations that are tearing down monuments to various people. And, um, and the reason I believe why they're tearing down the monuments, and I haven't followed it that closely, but the reason is, is because they've looked at that person that found some they found something in that person's history that is offensive to them today, or that is offensive to our sensibilities today. And, and you will find this, uh, you know, I think on any monument of any person, if you dig deep into that person's life, you will find something that is offensive because nobody except for Jesus uh, has lived a perfect life. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. So if anybody, you know, if they were ever to erect a monument to me, you know, which will never happen, but if they ever erected a monument to me they, and they started digging in my life, they would definitely find, you know, things that I've written or things that I've said or things that I've done, um, which would be offensive to future generations. Um, like, uh, like yesterday, I went to, uh, to Wild Dogs, right? And I had, I had brisket and I had a hamburger. But, you know, there are people in this world uh, that do not eat meat. And um, I think part of it is for health reasons, I think some people don't eat meat. But I think for other reasons people don't eat meat is because they find it offensive that uh, they find it offensive that that we as society actually kill another animal to to eat food, you know, to bring protein into our bodies. And it is not outside of the possibility of imagination in the future that at some point uh, we may, as a society or as a world, say, you know, that was a wrong thing to do. We should have never, ever eaten meat. Uh, and so in 100 years from now or 200 years from now, there may be different ways, just as tasty, uh, where maybe they grow lab-grown meat or they find different ways to get protein, you know, for humans to survive. And, and we may actually, 100 to 200, actually maybe in my lifetime, where we'll get rid of meat altogether and we won't eat meat because we don't want to harm the animals. Um, but will there be a future generation that will then retroactively look at our world today and say, well, those people were offensive to me because they ate meat. Would it be fair to take down a statue of Barack Obama or Ronald Reagan uh, or George Bush uh, or, or um, Bill Clinton. I mean, is it really fair to tear down all their statues and, and say, you, because you ate meat, everything about you is horrible? Um, I, and the reason why I say no to that is because all these people I just mentioned don't have an opportunity to defend themselves, right? H history gets set in stone and then there's no opportunity for the defense. Um, 
If somebody were to come to me now and say, in 20 years from now, nobody will be eating meat, so you got to stop eating meat. Uh, otherwise, everything about you is going to be, uh, you know, moved to the trash bin of history. Uh, I might, as a person, say, well, you know, meat is not that important to me. Uh, and so for the appearance of looking good, I might stop eating meat. Um, but then I've got another problem. It's like I, my body, like, can you really effectively live uh, off, you know, what kinds of things can you eat uh, that are, that are going to provide the same amount of protein and the same level of care? I mean, can I eat chicken eggs? Because a chicken egg has all the essential amino acids in it. And um, anyway, so uh, I'm getting way off here, but, uh, but, you know, maybe chicken eggs are going to, in a future generation, you can't eat chicken eggs either because they're, you know, they could potentially be live life. Um, uh, it's, it's not fair to take our world and retroactively look at something that happened 100 years ago or 200 or 500 or 6,000 years ago. It's just not fair. They lived in a different world. They had different uh, things. I, I, the fact that Abraham had a slave uh, is not the same as somebody in the 1700s having a slave, and we can't necessarily judge Abraham because he had a slave, right? Um, it's not fair. He doesn't have an opportunity to defend himself, um, and he should. All right, so... Um, I think that's that's about everything I want to talk about Hagar and the slave. So let's, I think we'll just go ahead and dig into this great story about Abraham. Oh, this great story. <laughs> this is um, this is now God's covenant with Abram, starting in Genesis 17. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, "I am God Almighty." Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abram. Your name will now be Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. And I will make you very fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come, to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. The whole land of Canaan, where you now reside as a foreigner, I will give as an everlasting possession to you and your descendants after you, and I will be their God. Um, and then uh, we're going to go on. Verse 9. Then God said to Abraham, so he's now Abraham, As for you, you must keep my covenant, you and your descendants, after you for the generations to come. And this is my covenant with you and your descendants after you. The covenant you are to keep, every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household or bought with money from a foreigner. 
Those who are not your offspring, whether born in your household or bought with your money, they must be circumcised. My covenant in your flesh is to be an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who has not been circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. Oh, let's keep going. Verse 15. God also said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and I will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and he said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. But then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. You will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him. I will make him fruitful and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of 12 rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. And when he'd finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. And on that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael, and all those born in his household were bought with his money, every male in his household, and circumcised them, as God has told him. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13. Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that very day, and every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household or bought from a foreigner, was circumcised with him. So uh, we now have this story of Abraham uh, circumcising because God told him to do that. I don't know why it's that covenant, but uh, let's just go back and take a look at this. Uh, so Abraham is 99 years old now, and the Lord appeared to him. Um, and he said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and blameless. And God Almighty, uh, in Genesis 1, um, is, uh, is very, very important. Um, yeah, <laughs> Genesis. Genesis 17, yeah, God Almighty. Um, let's see. Uh, I'm God Almighty. Wake before me. Um, this is, uh, well, shoot. Let's look it up in the Hebrew. Sorry. Got to look it up. Got to pull out my Hebrew Bible here. Um, Genesis 17.1. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here we go. Um, Abraham. Sorry, sorry. Well, yeah. Um, it doesn't seem to be. Uh, yeah, I'll have to look some more into that. But um, the bigger thing is that Abraham, Abram goes to Abraham. Now he adds an H, and so does Sarah. Sarah goes from Sarai to Sarah. They add an H. And the, the question is, what does this H, rec what does it mean? Um, and scholars have really looked into this quite a bit. And um, 
they haven't come up with a good definition or reason as to why the H is there. And uh, I was, I was, um, I've always been curious about this because uh, for some reason, God adds an H to Abraham, Abram to add the H and he adds it to Sarah. So the H means something. Uh, and I, about um, two or three years ago, I was watching a YouTube video and um, according to this person in the YouTube video, uh, it was that the H is a significant is significant because it it is basically the Son of God. It is Jesus, basically that that there's now this new descendancy and everything that's going to happen because of Jesus. And it was fascinating. I really, I, I think I watched it a couple times. I can't find that video. <laughs> I have been looking and looking and looking for that video. So if anybody listening to this has the video of the guy talking about what the H means, send it to me. I'll do some more digging. Um, but there is something about the H in Abraham that that is a precursor to Jesus uh, that is absolutely fascinating. So uh, Abraham becomes a, Abraham becomes Abraham, and you will be a father of many nations. Uh, and he says that twice. He says, I'll make you fruitful, and you'll be a father of many nations. So uh, everybody, I mean, this is now the covenant with God to Abraham, and he'll be a father of many nations. And the sign of that then is this whole circumcision. And, uh, and God tells Abraham to circumcise everybody in his whole entire, you know, in his whole entire camp. This is all those men that he took with him into battle. Uh, this is the descent. I mean, every single one of the people now in Abraham's camp uh, have to be circumcised. And the, I mean, that conversation could not have gone well. <laughs> I mean, he goes up to his mighty warriors that, you know, that freed Lot. He goes up to Lot and he says, yeah, I got to, I got to circumcise you. Uh, and this is what we do. Um, that is a little bit, I, I will tell you it with modern day, uh, technology and modern day understanding of the world, uh, I would say, God, thanks, but no thanks. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that. Uh, you have to find a different covenant. You know, maybe, maybe we pierce our ears or something. You know, get a tattoo. I don't know, but this one, um, I'm sure it couldn't have been a pleasant conversation for Abraham. But the thing is, is that God knows what He's doing, and God chose this as a covenant. I think uh, it's radical enough. I mean, it's, it is truly radical enough that you don't forget it, <laughs> you know? I mean, uh, and it's radical enough uh, to where there's a lot of pain involved if you're older and you want to be part of the covenant. Um, you mean, you have to, it, it takes an incredible amount of faith to say, yeah, I'm going to do this because I want to be in the covenant. Um, and the covenant is basically that we are no longer strangers from God, but we're part of this covenant from God. Uh, and there are other covenants that God has, but um, uh, you know our our relationship with God is a, is the is this baptism, which is not nearly as intrusive. I like that one, but for whatever reason, God chose this as the sign of the covenant, and so um, Abraham does this, and he does it to all the males in his household and all males moving forward, which includes fifty four percent of. The world that follows, you know, Abrahamic religions. So uh, it's interesting. Um, 
that God chose that. And um, so anyway, I think I think we'll leave it there. Um, but uh, we are in a new covenant with God because of Jesus. And that covenant basically is that his perfect sacrifice redeems us and sanctifies us and brings us into the kingdom. Uh, and that he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. Um, so that is how we enter the kingdom. And uh, we are in the kingdom, and it's not because of something that we did, but it's something that Jesus did for us. So as we close out today, uh, let's go ahead and pray. Uh, dear God, um, thanks for this day. Uh, thank you for your life that you give us. We, wa we pray that you would watch over this world. Um, we pray for this new drug, that it may be good. Uh, keep us safe over the weekend and bring us back together again on Monday. In Jesus' name, amen.